I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 44! 44! 44! 44! I still haven't worked out what the um, the bingo calls are. I said I was going to do that and I lied. <laughs> Maybe sometime way into the future we'll have a bingo call from you and it will be entirely random and make no sense. Absolutely. And everyone will have forgotten about it and go, what the hell is he doing? 44, who's at the door? I think that is one actually. Who's Who's at the door? It might not be for 44. I'm just making that up. Who's at the door? Six. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How are you, Nick? I'm all right. Bumbling along. Bumbling along. Bumbling along. And so, the beautiful yeah. brain, you see. That's bobbing along, sorry. <laughs> bobbing along. Bobbing along, yeah. It's, it's, yes, it's the week before Christmas. Did you know they're making... I'm going oh, to interrupt mm-hmm. you now. Okay. Um, they're making that into a stage musical, and I cannot wait. Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Yeah. And it's Ooh. coming to our local theatre next year. <gasps> oh, that's very exciting. Which is so very exciting. When I read that, and I thought, ooh, that's exciting. That's very good. Um, I'm going to yeah. have to break something to you, Nick. Yes. I don't think Angela Lansbury will be in it. Yeah, she will. <laughs> she's about 900 yeah she'll turn up one of the things i'm very happy about i saw angela lansbury on stage and it's one of the happiest things i've ever done i was so pleased to see her live what was she in it was great i saw her in blythe spirit Madame, Madame oh that's amazing yes that would be and she quite was, like, she incredible was stunning she walked on stage and she had like a 10 minute standing ovation just for walking on stage um and everyone else all the other you can see all the other actors going we got on the fucking play now. <laughs> <laughs> was it just you standing up? Everyone else was like, can we get on with the no, play? No, no, it was just no, you no, clapping. No, no. More! More, Angela! More! Do Jessica Fletcher! <laughs> Sing the songs! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's a lovely story. But that, none yeah. of that happened this week. Not this week, no. That was some, that was some time ago. But the, the warm memories of that are keeping you exactly. through the horror of working in retail at Christmas. <laughs> That they are. That they are. Well, uh, any poisonings this week? No, well, I mean, I'd be so bloody busy. They could have been death all around me. I just wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> so um. you just, were just negligent poisoning. Yeah, could have happened. Probably. Could have been. God knows. I could be dead. Don't know. Oh, my God. Just too busy to non worry about that sort of stuff. If you were a ghost. and No, they... ghosts don't really come through on Zoom chats, do they? How do you know? Well, I, I don't. That's a th- well, that's why I asked. You just um, you make such assumptions <laughs> about the spirit world 
And I think that's very presumptuous of you. Oh, well, isn't there a thing like, oh, the, the ghosts don't show up on cameras? and Oh, no, they do, because people keep taking pictures of ghosts, don't they? Yeah, well, exactly. They don't show up in real life. Yeah. Maybe this is the only way you can see ghosts. Through Zoom. Are you dead? It's when your door opens very creakily don't. behind you, very slowly That is now. a constant and I, terror. And I go, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> One of these days you're going to do this on the Zoom screen. I can see my door <laughs> right there like paranormal activity my eyes keep going to it one day it's going to open and there's going to be a figure standing there probably ben and it'll be your husband. <laughs> yes going would you like more chips get out you horrible beast you're <laughs> demon from the darkness well before we continue any more of our paranormal investigations i think it's <laughs> very important that we thank our new patreon subscribers indeed we should they are ever delightful ever delightful people so thank you so much to uh, maria and to lee Ratka. Thank you so much, you guys. You're very sexy. Very, very sexy. You're delightful people. There's been a lot of excitement over on Patreon. It has. This week. Yeah, we got festive. Been, we got we got festive. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the festiveness. There's no way of stopping Sinead with the festive things on Patreon, really. <laughs> I've tried. I begged her, but no. It's it's festive all the way through. Well, festive with darkness, though. Not not a happy festive. 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 Oh, no. <laughs> no. No, it's a very miserable festive. So <laughs> you'll be fine. Exactly. Well, Nick. Hello. Are you ready? Yeah. To drink cocktails and talk about poison. Ooh, that's that's a, that's, a, that's an excited thing going on there. <laughs> it's exciting. Or I mean, oh, we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. No, you you got me going with our first one. Yeah, we go with the first one. 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 Yay! Hooray! Well, that's, it is that's really frightening. You've heard me being excited before. Yeah, there's there's excited and there's that. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I love. Well, it's your story this week, Nick. Hooray, hooray, hooray. It is. But we can't, we can't, we can't possibly tell a story without a cocktail in hand. God, no. Absolutely not. Well, as you know, every week we pick a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and will flavour our cocktail of the week. Nick's story, so he got to choose the secret ingredient. And Nick, yeah. this week's secret ingredient is... Is salad. Salad. Salad, yes. It's so close to Christmas, and you're putting salad on the table. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so salad. (laughs) What a whole. What kind of salad? Well, we'll find out. Oh, it's a particular Mm. kind of salad you have in mind. Yeah, it is a very particular type of salad. Please let it be Greek salad. Please let it be Greek salad because I love Greek. (laughs) Oh, love a Greek salad. Yeah, a lot of people have been very angry about this. Well, understandably (laughs) so. I mean, I'm right there with you. If someone said surprise, it's a salad, I'll be going. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I'd be very annoyed. Even if it was that a, is not a good surprise. Like a dinner party, if someone brought out salad as the main course. Well, no. Well, unless it was you, then I would go, no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> My salads are delicious. If it was anyone like normal, then I'd be going, that's lovely. Thank you so much. Okay, um, A, someone who's normal. Thank you. Cut me deep. <laughs> B, if it was me making a true. salad, if it was me making a salad, you know the goddamn well that that salad would have good stuff in it. That would have all kinds of cheese and meats and a delicious dressing and probably a true. roast underneath it. There would probably be, actually be very little salad involved. Yes. And it would more be like salad. It's very much like a charcuterie plate, really. <laughs> that is a salad, isn't but it? But Sinead calls it a salad. <laughs> yes, they put grapes on it and a sprinkle of parsley. <laughs> it's a salad. That's good. Okay, people, that is a salad now. <laughs> okay, so with salad, I'm thinking, have you done pims? Have you done, like someone suggested, like a Bloody Mary with celery in it, which I'd be happy with, but I know you don't like that, so it can't be that. I'm really, really quite intrigued about what the hell salad is going to go on in this class. We shall find out. Okay, well, with salad, 
as your ingredient. Salad. What have you come up with, Nick? Well, you are correct in that we have gone for a very specific type of salad. Right. On this one. And we have gone for a fruit salad. Oh, for God's sake. How did I know? Just because you got the picture wrong. My fault. (laughs) You just said salad. You You just just assumed. You made an assumption. (laughs) I asked you several times, going, is this picture all right? And you said yes. Yeah, I went with it. I thought, no, that's what, that's where she's going with that. Fine. God damn it, Nick. Okay, we had people on tenderhooks there, but it's fruit salad. Fruit salad. Is that the name of the cocktail then? That is the name of the cocktail. Is it's a fruit, fruit salad. salad. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, that's quite exciting then. That's that's more promising than than I thought. I was going to have to go down and chop up lettuce and an onion and um, <laughs> some radishes. You still might. You still might. Well, I need a snack. You know, a sad, <laughs> sad. So that's not a good salad. Actually, it's really not. That's a bad salad. <laughs> As ever, because we're in isolation, Nick has delivered me a little bottle of cocktails. And bless, we had a tweet earlier with someone going, I want Nick to deliver me little bottles of cocktails. (laughs) You all do. (laughs) Maybe that is a 2021 thing. We will start a cocktail delivery service, literally with Nick on an old-timey bicycle. He's frowning right now. (laughs) Yes, as as I write to you, my penny farthing, delivering cocktails, left and right. (laughs) You're telling me people would not pay for that. (laughs) It's in the works. We'll get a five-year plan sorted out. It'll keep me in top hat some pipes will be fine <laughs> i want votes on this episode who would pay for that and start putting biddings out now because that's what the patreon money will go towards it'll be great um, but nick has delivered me uh my secret ingredients a little mixture so it's time for us to go to our isolation kitchens and shake up a storm see you in a minute i'll see you in a bit and we're back hello a fruit salad, eh, Nick? Fruit salad. Fruit salad. So as I said, I'm very relieved, very relieved that I do not have just some green shit in a glass that I have to then drink <laughs> vodka through. It is a stunning looking cocktail. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing colour. Yeah. It's so des- it's brilliantly pink. I love it. It is. It's proper. When you say fruit salad, abs- 100% you get this from the colour. Mm. How they have done it, how you have done it, I don't know. I think it looks like a pink grapefruit. Let's go with that. Let's go with that, yes. But, hmm, beautiful as it is, what happened last time? We moved away from the brown drinks. We did move away from the brown drinks into the delightfully looking drinks. Yeah, we went crimson. But a very bad cocktail. But not a good cocktail. So, hmm. I have slightly higher hopes for this, mainly because it doesn't have port in it. <laughs> so we've got to we'll taste it first now, haven't we? Of course, we've, that's, that's the, new, that's <laughs> that's the, the rules. new rules. The new rules, they've all changed. Okay, right, so we're going to dive into the very, very beautiful... Fruit salad. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 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 Yeah. That is not what I was expecting. (laughs) This is the problem. Fruit salad. So I was expecting a fruity, sweet explosion in my mouth. But um, it's kind of... Yeah, it's 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 nice. It's not bad, but I don't know what to make of it. Go go and again, go and again. Oh yeah, second sip, second sip, more flavors, getting more. What, more what, are, you, what are you getting? What are you getting? I'm getting okay. Full disclosure, I know some of the ingredients. You know two of the ingredients. I know two of the ingredients. I know there's orange juice in there. I know there's vodka. Yes. So I'm getting that. It's the beautiful color. I'm thinking grenadine. There is some grenadine in there. The rest of the stuff, it has got a bitterness to it. Uh, maybe that's just me. It's got a slight bitterness that I'm afraid of. <laughs> I'm wondering whether this is the one you've hidden bloody chartreuse in or it's something not, like that. I guarantee there is oh, no chartreuse. 
I'm glad, I'm glad, because I think I can detect chartreuse at 20 paces. Well, indeed, yeah, and you're always wrong. It's interesting, it's a grow. I want to know what's well, in it. It's not based on a fruit salad, as you would expect. It, okay, it, what? No, but it is based on, do you remember, Penny Chew sweets, fruit salad? Oh, God, right. Those little, yeah, your penny yeah. sweets you had when you were a kid. Well, I don't really remember them. I know they existed, but I don't think I had them. A deprived childhood, We all we had was uh, pate. So in this, yeah, so you've got the, the vodka and the orange and grenadine, as Sinead has correctly surmised. Ooh. You also have Galliano. Oh, in there which has got some of the sort of slightly vanillary little bit of herby just going in there and you've also got an ingredient that we have never used on this podcast oh wow oh, okay before which is a banana liqueur <laughs> that i had to buy especially what? for this drink what <laughs> and i think it's actually really nice <laughs> i would not in a million years have guessed if banana smell it now and you'll go that's fucking, that's fucking banana um okay i'm doing no, I can't smell anything. Oh, okay. And this is the thing that's worrying me more that I have COVID. Because <laughs> I've got a cough yeah. at the moment. <laughs> okay, right. But I have to say, it really does remind me of those sweets that I had when I was growing up. Um, it always used to go to the newsagent's little corner shop and buy penny sweets, we used to call them. Penny sweets on your penny fighting, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and this tastes ex- exactly like I remember those sweets tasting. And actually, the, the, the garnish suggestion is actually one of those little sweets on a Really? Stick. And unfortunately, I, I couldn't get any in time. Oh, no. I mean, it's not a sophisticated cocktail. It's nothing fancy. But it, it does take you down memory lane type cocktail of something. <laughs> it's really quite bizarre. Okay, so that's... Well... Um, I, th- I think it's impressed me more than it has you. It has. I'm not going <laughs> to... Because I don't remember those fruit salad sweets. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so for the nostalgia element, then yes, you're getting all of this. It's quite nice. It's just kind of, yeah, I'm just really intrigued that there's banana and galliano in there. And when you say fruit salad, I think I was gearing myself up for ah, a fresh citrusy <laughs> taste of grapes and grapefruit and apple and pears. <laughs> but none of that. It's a really interesting combination of flavours, to be honest. When it you is... sip it and now you've told me everything that's in it, I'm going, yeah, I can get all of that right now. But I do have to apologise to our lovely listeners because I've not made one that's going to be easy to replicate. <laughs> it's, it's got things that are a bit is, that are a bit obscure the potentially people might have a bottle of galliano lurking in the back of the cupboard i bought bloody bottle of banana liqueur just for this i'm never going to use it again um it's going to sit in my cupboard and i mean it looks lovely in the cupboard but um well you have to share a picture of the banana liqueur what what else can you use banana liqueur with? i have no idea I, i'm mm. sure there must be a lot of sort of like tiki cocktails out yeah. there with sort of like coconut banana i'm sure Ooh. there'd be some quite interesting ones um, oh, to make good. i've no idea what they're called but i'm sure i'll damn give it a go oh yeah get some like appleton's coconut rum yeah and then some banana rum. and then and coconut milk and then just leave me alone with that and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then leave the room while Sinead does her own thing <laughs> can't imagine drinking banana liqueur in many things i'm thinking now creme de cacao chocolate banana oh my god i think that could be chocolate banana coconut Ooh. that is a winning combination wow that could work so that is like a dessert in a glass basically so that's I think just there's a lot of, yeah <laughs> i think there's quite a few things that we could potentially make with this so we need to do a video on this obviously you need to bring the banana liqueur and we're going to try it with different combinations of stuff because that is the tradition at christmas the christmas banana we christmas should have those because we can only get together over christmas obviously i think 
I think there's a couple of our listeners out there will have a bottle of banana liqueur because they've done the same sort of thing. Probably not for cocktails, not for a, uh, probably definitely not for a poison cocktail related podcast, <laughs> but they will have had or been gifted a banana liqueur because they like bananas and it's sat in the back of the cupboard and they have no idea what to do with it. If you have, give this a go. Do yeah. some shots of it and then tell us, tell us what you have made. <laughs> banana shots. Oh, that's a that sad sounds, party. Yeah, that really is. <laughs> God, no, that sounds, that sounds quite depressing. If you've got nothing, it's the sort of thing that you'd find at the back of your parents' cupboard you know the drinks cabinet that your parents had but the sort of thing that your parents have a drinks cabinet and they all get gifted things or have something fancy that they cook with and there's all the stuff that they use normally at the front you know the gin and the vodka and the sherry and the crying juice and everything all of that and then at the back are all the liqueurs that they bring out once a year at christmas and that's the stuff that you nick to do shots with with your friend (laughs) you say that i'm gonna go off on a slight tangent this may not make it into the podcast but i I remember when i was about 10 or 11 or so my dad and a friend of his was actually my godfather um he unfortunately he has since passed away not your dad my godfather not my father (laughs) but i remember i distinctly remember them i think it was one christmas sitting and deciding they had exactly the same that this cabinet that had not been gone through at the back for years mm. and that they were going to drink anything that had less than about a third of the bottle in was a waste of space <laughs> and they were just going to drink it <laughs> and i remember as about yeah about 10 11 just watching them and thinking it was so funny as they got absolutely <laughs> slaughtered <laughs> and i it's one of my most vivid memories of childhood of just watching my dad get absolutely pissed and it was so funny <laughs> oh i love it i love it i love i love the parents drink cab drinks cabinet my parents had uh they had a decanter set you know all the parents had a decanter <laughs> set from a certain generation oh yeah they had the decanter set with their whiskey and their sherry they didn't even bloody drink sherry or port really my dad had a whiskey every now and then my mum would had a drinking problem so she'd steal the, the liquor every now and then and but then they have the shameful shameful booze hidden away in a cupboard <laughs> but then when people come around oh yes try our lovely aged port it's been here 20 years <laughs> it's very well aged well with the fruit salads firmly in hand i will let you off on the fruit salad business because there was a good story I'm most kind good story behind it what a journey we've gone on but you know what we've got our fruit salads firmly in hand to carry on down the journey because there's a story coming as well i mean we've already been going half an hour and there's still a story to come this is the longest preamble we've just been having fun <laughs> it's, yeah absolutely it's been a jolly time so. it's lockdown please let us have this i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Right, so story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. So after last week's jaunt around Bavaria, we are not going far at all. We are sticking in the Germanic counties. Okay. And we are going to the city of Bremen Ooh. to meet Gesher Gottfried, the last person to be publicly beheaded in the city, oh. and on her birthday, no less. So oh, good God. That was, that was lucky for her. Oh, that's not a good birthday. It's not a good birthday. Happy birthday, Kajunk. Did she get yeah. presents beforehand? I'm Not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Someone handing out things like, oh, here's a hat. Oh, God. Here's this book. You must read it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Gesher was born in Bremen in 1785. Bremen is a prosperous city in northern Germany and while the city itself is thriving, Gesher, her twin brother Johann Jr and her parents live in fairly meagre conditions her father makes a modest income as a tailor and it is just enough for the four of them to get by on it's, it's, a, it's a hard life it's not an easy life it is reported or it is spoken about by sort of the locals that Gesher's brother Johann Jr is in fact the, he is the apple of his parents eye they both dote upon him he is the golden child they pretty much leave Gesher to make do for herself Bloody hell. That is really favouritism. <laughs> that is really favouritism, absolutely. Yeah. Um, she you can... shall have all the clothes and food. You go and hunt. Yeah, pretty much. You go and do what you like. <laughs> and also potentially thinking, well, this is the male child. This is He is the one who's going to support us in our oh, old age. Say. The daughter, we're going to marry off to someone. She'll be someone else's problem. The boy, he is what we will pin all our hopes and dreams on. And it is later speculated much later, that perhaps this emotional deprivation at such a young age is part of the reason for her future misdemeanours, her future criminal ways. But right now, she is still a young child, um, and despite all this, the the poverty and the pretty harsh conditions surrounding her, there is one thing that she loves. Above all other things, performing. She has such great ambitions of making life on the stage. Is she little orphan Annie? <laughs> Potentially. Every <laughs> night and day, it's a hard night life for her. Uh, in German, obviously. No, it's the 1780s. It could be Angela Lansbury. <laughs> 
That's that's true. She would have been a young child at the time. <laughs> she would have just been a slip of a thing. No, as far as I know, we did, she didn't kill anyone. No, oh, oh no. lovely. Oh, yes, she has ambitions. Yes. But she has uh, such ambitions. Now, the, the theatre scene in Bremen is booming at this oh. time. And Walke, I mean, she is not in a position to go and see anything fancy, but she would have seen buskers and players out on the street and in squares, taverns if she was there with her parents or whatever. So she would have seen these people these performers throughout the city and no doubt to a young girl this looked incredibly glamorous <laughs> it was a street performance well, it's better than the life she's got at the moment she's there people are people are watching enraptured by what they're doing people are throwing money mm. at them she's a fairly miserable life as it is so to see these people who are so yeah getting attention and getting attention oh, oh god and she is convinced that she is going to be a star yes these dreams however w- were not to be oh aren't they all shattered in front of us Gesha's father is not exactly overly enthusiastic um about his daughter's ambitions for the stage he is not overly supportive of this and decides that the best thing to do is to marry her off young make her someone Ew. else's problem uh, just, just let her go to the stage no. just let it go off at a traveling troop yeah get her out of the house someone else can deal with her not my issue anymore is she just being very annoying practicing various lines badly in the house she could well be tap dancing at all hours of the night um <laughs> Who who knows? Juggling everything. Juggling everywhere. <laughs> Juggling her parents. She's incredibly strong. Potentially, she was an incredibly precocious and annoying child as well. We don't know. So so he decides. Yeah, the best the best thing to do: get her out of my hair, get rid of her, get her married. And to that end, he marries her off to a young saddler, um, a chap called Johann Mittelberg. Oh, great name! Mitt- and yep. also saddled her up. <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha. Saddled her with a husband. <laughs> like now a- he is also not overly keen or in fact supportive of his young bride's ambitions no she must stay at home surely well precisely he does everything he can to make sure that she stays home like the good little wife that she is supposed to be god damn patriarchy not long after them they're married johan actually receives an inheritance from his father and being rather bored of this work nonsense i mean who wants that he does his utmost now to sample all the entertainment options that bremen has to offer drinking whoring gambling <laughs> all the classics um, in that order uh, in that order absolutely <laughs> And you went he... to whoring very quickly. There were tours, there were city yeah. guides, there was a puppet show, but you went to whoring second. Second, yeah, drink. Ah, <laughs> oh, fancy a shag. And then bet on <laughs> something. I mean, that is that is our want as well. Yeah. I mean, that, There's that nothing is... I like better than a drink and a shag and then to gamble. That's how life works. So, I mean, he would much rather be in the alehouse brothel, gambling dens or whatever, than at home with his new wife, make, playing happy families not interested in any of that and unsurprisingly Gesher is not too keen on her husband's new pastimes and again it is like when she was a child with the the local community gossip around what a poor rotten life Gesher has to be married to such a man I mean everyone feels so terribly sorry for her well damn right yeah she she's lumbered with this drunken gambling whoremongering chap yes <laughs> well yeah i mean she a... wants to be off drinking and gambling and shagging and yeah. um, what a miserable life it is that she is forced to be at home looking after such a man as this however she is not destined to be to endure this neglect 
for too long. Oh, 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 surely not. In 1813, somewhat soon after Mittelberg admits that they are now in fact completely destitute. The inheritance that they were supposed to live off comfortably for the rest of their lives has been frittered away to nothing. Oh, bloody hell. Whores will have their trinkets, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of trinkets? I bought you this case of gold. A bracelet would have been fine. The debt collectors are closing in. The debt collectors are outside the house. Like, oh, we're coming. We're coming. We're coming. We're coming. Yeah. Every we're day they're in. a step closer. He looks at the window, they freeze. And then he closes the window, they move a bit closer. <laughs> that <laughs> is the law of the debt collectors. That's how debt collectors work. If you catch them moving, they have to go away. <laughs> By this point, Gesha and Johan, they have three children. Now well, That I, happened. That, that happened. Young family together. They're going to get with the shagging. Um, so th- you don't have ch- to explain procreation; it's fine. This is how children happen. People. Um, now, I don't know when the children were born. I don't know how old they are at this point, but I think we can assume that they are still pretty young um, and obviously mm. entirely reliant on their parents. I mean, Gesha is furious. How could her husband have literally gambled their future and the future of their children away? Damn straight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's appalling. In October that year. Johann Mittelberg dies of an agonising, inexplicable illness. The ever-loving and dutiful wife is at his side throughout his horrible ailments, nursing him better as best she could, but not even her loving attention can save him. Oh, how convenient. The locals gossip. What a dutiful wife. Care so lovingly for some man who is so neglectful. Mm. Isn't she a marvel, they say. Isn't she an angel? Absolute angel. To have cared for him after such yes. horrors that he put after her through. After such treatment. After such treatment. Exactly. She's stuck with him. What a wonder. She manages to struggle on. She receives a little bit of aid from the church and she does any odd job any bit of sewing or laundry or things like that she can to make a few coins to keep a roof over her and her children's head just over a year later tragedy strikes again no two of Gesh's children fall ill first one then the other they too succumb to terrible stomach cramps diarrhea vomiting Geisha is there at the bedside when they die. Again, the neighbours gossip. What a terrible tragedy, they cry. First her husband, then two of her children. How can one woman bear so much heartache? So I'm thinking here, which we may come back to, it's obviously a woman who's been deprived of attention all of her life is suddenly getting a huge amount of sympathy when someone dies. And then all of the gossips are also going around, oh, poor you, poor you, poor you. And then if a child dies, what more attention will you receive? Absolutely. That indeed Mm. is is a a theme that we may well be looking at. (sighs) Only two months later, both of her parents suffer equally debilitating and similar symptoms. They too soon join their grandchildren in the cemetery. Whoa, okay. This is a lot. This is a lot. I mean, to many people in Bremen, it seems that death itself is stalking the poor Mittelberg widow. Yes, yes, they would be right. (laughs) Taking all the family that she has. But the dignity with which she bears such suffering is remarkable. Oh, for God's sake. They speak of her tireless devotion to her dying family, and she becomes known as the Angel of Bremen. (laughs) Okay. 
So everyone's going, death is stalking this family at every turn, but she's dealing with it fine. She oh, is isn't she wonderful? She's so s- dignified. There's no suspicion whatsoever no, about why everyone is dying around not. her. But she is enduring such heartache. <sighs> now, it's not going to do at all to have such a noble young woman living the rest of her life as a widow. Okay. In fact, she has many admirers throughout bremen um who are her chasing i mean who would i mean who wouldn't what? want such a dutiful caring loyal wife um someone so well. stoic and so strong who has been through so much this is this is the wife i want this is the wife for me well she seems pious and sad and she's endured heartache but she's struggled on she can definitely deal with my socks and she can deal with all of the ironing that i have this will pale in comparison to the various tragedies that she's suffered through the housework (laughs) that i have got lined up for this bitch will be absolutely fine either that or people are just stupid oh everyone's dead she seems hard (laughs) she soon takes up with a wine merchant by the name well done michael christoph Gottfried. Uh, oh, that's where her name comes from. That's where her name comes yes. from. From her last husband. Uh, now, Michael Gottfried is a relatively wealthy man. Woo-hoo. And he dotes upon his new wife. Woo-hoo. And incredibly, luckily for her, he is there to comfort her as a mystery illness claims her third child. The, 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 the last child that she has with Johann Mittelberg has now passed away Leave not the children long alone. after her marriage to her second husband. Ugh. Perhaps the, the attention of a, of a wedding has diminished. I need something else to <laughs> get people talking. I need, I need something else needs to Oh, yeah, because she would have had a chatting. wedding. She would have had, she would have she had, had a, a wedding. wedding. She would have had all of that. People she just is addicted to attention. Gossiping, that fate. couple of ah. weeks couple of months that fades out it's something else yeah. to bring up the church let me kill someone well let me just kill the kid, kill oh. the kid. in 1816 her twin brother johan jr who is still very much alive at this point <laughs> returns to bremen um he has been away in the army he joined the army and he has been away with the army and on his <laughs> i'm not sure i was going with that i mean it's europe it, there's a war somewhere um, at this point just, just position places... people in strategic places because yeah. people are going to fight yeah exactly shit is going to go down at some point england that is going happens. to invade at some point so <laughs> he just he's just somewhere the whole time he has just been poised he's very tense and stressed yep. he's been standing there with a machine gun going oh yeah come not on at this point you know, has a machine in... gun actually been invented <laughs> not no. in 1816 yes, no. <laughs> well that's why he was so stressed no one would acknowledge his machine gun it was just made of a you know a normal musket and just like 12 turkeys strapped together <laughs> <laughs> yes and a rattlesnake to make the noise uh, <laughs> anyway poison them at the end of it he so has been away he's had a hell of a time he's had a he's hell, had of, a hell time, of a time and he returns to bremen <laughs> to discover both his parents dead oh dear as we've heard before he was very much the favored child yes he was the favorite of the twins he oh, was the God, favorite of the yes. twins he returns not only to discover that his parents are both dead and that his twin sister has not thought to write to him to let him know about this. <laughs> he also finds that the small inheritance that was destined to go to him has in fact gone to her. It's claimed that, well, he couldn't be found. He was. It was assumed he was dead. <laughs> we sent the money to the sister. Next in line. Again, this would be even better if there was not even a war on. And he was on a training exercise somewhere far away. Yeah. Like, we assumed he was dead. There's nothing happening. No, indeed. 
I was I, literally I, over there. I, I tripped over a log. I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think anyone tried overly hard to track him down. In an effort to bury the hatchet between the siblings, Gesha invites Johan to dinner. Okay. Very civilised way of airing your differences and after a delightful meal that Gesha has prepared a delightful meal, a meal of shellfish by the way which came close to being the secret ingredient when I thought don't want to go down that route oh no one someday I will do shellfish as, well, a, as an ingredient because I do know a cocktail with shellfish in it well there we go it wasn't today mm. but at this delightful meal they reminisce about old times they share lovely memories of their childhood two days later he's dead <laughs> If they're reminiscing about lovely memories of their childhood. It's probably him the whole time talking about, oh, was it wonderful that Mama and Papa took me to the beach and bought me ice cream and let me paddle in the sea? And she's <laughs> sitting there just her nails dragging down the table going, yeah, really, really? I was tied to a donkey and told to just go and plough for my own food. I, that's probably exactly what it may have been like. <laughs> so he, he is dead and so are all those pesky questions about the inheritance that he was due. No one's questioning that anymore. No one's question is dead. No, natural. It's all entirely natural. It was the shellfish. That was it was it. the shellfish. Yep. Husband number two, William Gottfried, is there throughout all of this. All of this new misery that has been visited upon Gesha. Now my own brother is dead. Woe is me. It's all very sad. But is rather, he feeling nervous? Well, if he isn't, he should be. Because <laughs> rather inevitably, perhaps, Gottfried himself sickens <sighs> and dies in July 1817 less than a year after the brother's re-emergence and death husband number two is also dead so giving it a good year between to let the morning die down sympathy started to wane a bit need a rampy back up again <laughs> well the probably sympathy's waning a lot with her because people probably at first were like oh you poor thing now it's just every year oh another tragedy for her yeah oh sorry ah but it's it's not though it's not though people are still out there talking so i mean again widow gottfried now she weeps as she follows the funeral procession down to the cemetery again friends and neighbors are there what stoicism what grace how could she possibly hold it all together so well isn't she an angel an absolute angel no one has been through the hardship she's has that, i mean it's, it's true oh yeah but no, one no one's questioning this whatsoever no is there one mourner this. in the middle of all of this just going i think you'll find statistically that this is wrong it's beaten into <laughs> no. submission she's an angel Pretty much, yeah <laughs> she's an angel now i mean after so much death and trauma um surely the widow gottfried would be left to live out the rest of her life in peace i mean there's no family left two husbands three children a mother a father a brother all dead within four years uh, it's pretty good going yeah, really yeah they had a good run and it seems that finally she is spared any further tragedy for a time her late husband uh leaves her, her quite a wealthy one mm. and for the next few years she lives alone in the comfortable home that she has been she's inherited she spends her days fashionably dressed yet reserved it's still in mourning, obviously. It's stylish. But stylish. Mourning, but make it fashion. Seen around town, in a coffee shop, doesn't say anything. She's there. People comment. She goes home. That sounds great. She is stoically bearing up and courageously dealing with the hand that fate has dealt her. However, fate tempted her. Oh, dear. And in 1823, Gesha's neighbour, Paul Thomas Zimmerman, Zimmerman, proposes marriage. Oh, that's nice. Which is lovely. She's next door. It's, it's convenient. It's handy. They've probably seen each other on the stairs going to buy vegetables. 
Oh, so does he lean so. out the window or just across the corridor and just shout, will you marry me? Will you marry me? I've got some lovely courgettes. Uh, look at my courgettes. lovely bunch of coconuts. Coconuts would have been very fancy. Well, that's why she married him. Well, potentially mm. so. And I mean, she does indeed. She gracefully accepts. But before long, before the wedding is even over, or before the wedding is even started, in fact, oh, he too is lingering on death's door and Gesha's caring touch gives him that little gentle nudge, <laughs> a little nudge that he needs. Pokey poke, poke, through that door, off you go. <laughs> At this point, Gesha resolves herself to being alone. I can't have nice things. No, it's not for me. <laughs> Albeit with an inheritance and property from two husbands and a fiancé. <laughs> She's sitting there, like, <laughs> clutching all of her jewels to her and all of her money going, I've suffered so hard. I just need to be alone with all of this. I need to be alone with all my things. All of my lovely, lovely things. Have the wine man bring me more wine and then leave me, leave me to my mourning and my piety. She's only in her 30s at this point. Ooh, and for the next few years, she attempts to maintain the comfortable, fashionable lifestyle that she has become used to. Mm. But she she's no money is coming in. She's living off the inheritances. Yeah. And that that money is dwindling away. Mm-hmm. Black rocks don't come cheap. <laughs> and one cannot be seen in the same black rock twice. No, of course not. The cash is getting low so she's living the high she wants to live a society life so she's going out and going to the perhaps going to the theater in a box by herself oh, in the theater nice. sort of thing in in full mourning with a veil that's great you know, i would have i would have come here with my husband but he's no longer with me <laughs> everyone going shh stop saying that please the play is on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want people forgetting that she's around you see so this money money is ever dwindling and she resorts to taking out some taking out loans on the properties that she has she's inherited quite a number of properties she ends up selling some mm-hmm. taking out mortgages on others to get get the cash flow going and now her friends rally around her and do what they can to support and in turn when one of these elderly ladies was taken ill oh. um it comes to no one's surprise at all that geisha is the first on on the scene to help to nurse her dear dear friends back to health okay she she manages to juggle her costs for a while. <laughs> but things come to a head in 1825 when the creditors again begin to knock at the door. And in maybe rather a predictable fashion, this is exactly when a number of acquaintances begin to sicken what? and die. All the while she is by their bedsides, <laughs> helping, looking up. If by chance... These dear and grateful friends leave her a little something in their wills. As just a little something as a thank you for all the help and support she has given. Who's to argue with that? <laughs> it's it's a happy coincidence. It's a delightful thing from a grateful friend. Yes, because she's tended to them and she's looked after them. And this is a time where there's a history of changing wills on your deathbed because you could. Just going, Yes, I've Absolutely. been here for the last week. Write me into your will, for God's sake. <laughs> well, that was lucky. It is her neighbour and friend, Johann Rumpf, Rumpf, who eventually becomes suspicious. Thank God, right. One night in early 1827, he and a number of others are at Geisha's home for a dinner. Mm-hmm. That night, she serves 
a delightful fruit salad. <laughs> oh, there it is. To there her guests. Is. Was that it? That was it. That's, that's She serves a fruit salad. What, what what did you want? But it's a dinner party. If you came to... Oh, no, she has other things as well. That's what I meant. The, is that if she just came around and it was just fruit salad, everyone would no, just be no. going like, what the hell is going on? This is the final sort of refreshing part <laughs> of the, the meal at the end. Even so, you'd it, still be annoyed. If you're in Germany, you've got some very good pastries and very good desserts out there. And if it's just at the end, I've just got fruit i've just got fruit i do not know the whole menu i must admit <laughs> the, the salad has been focused upon because <laughs> oh rumpf notices a number of oily white grains amongst the fruit and the ingredients in his bowl surely it's coconut oh well i mean absolutely well you know the guy <laughs> brought her coconuts and <laughs> <laughs> no, you 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 made that up in your head i feel oh, um, shit. i'm piecing things together that didn't happen a few days later the same group of friends again are at Geisha's for another supper that she's throwing she's very generous very generous yeah, with very her generous, hospitality and this time a ham dish is served delicious with the same slightly oily white grains sprinkled She's not hiding it very well is she over the top now rumpf is quite suspicious about this i mean this ham should not have this fruit salad <laughs> should not have this and he is so concerned that he actually takes a sample of this to a doctor friend Ooh, of his good. now this is during the very early days of toxicology but rump's doctor friend i don't know his name unfortunately the doctor but he is quick to identify what has been added to the food mouse butter mouse butter what mouse butter which sounds a lot better in german but i'm not going to attempt it go on no say say mouse butter in a german (laughs) accent it is animal fat and arsenic that have mixed together and is used as a rat poison. Arsigalam! 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 And I have heard of mouse butter. Yes. It is incredibly common. Well, throughout Europe, really. Yeah, animal fat, which I was, I'm sure attracts rodents. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, food. And it's got the arsenic in it. Yeah, it does the trick. Arsenic. Oh, she just smeared that all over the ham. She's just sprinkled that over the ham. And then on the sprinkle that. Fruit salad. That's just, you don't want savoury with sweet. Pretty much over everyone she's ever met, I feel. <laughs> she just um, comes in and just says, how are you? Shakes the hand, rubs her hand down their face. There we are. There's the communal it's on butter. Toast. There we are. <laughs> See, it's... It's in your tea and your coffee. <laughs> so the, the the doctor friend reports his finding back to, to Rumpf, who goes to the authorities. And an investigation is quickly launched. Gesha realises that she is under suspicion. Um, and she manages to slip away to Hanover. Ooh, that's very good. So she goes to an entirely different city. Okay. <laughs> which is it's a decent, decent truck, absolutely. Where there, she is an entirely new person. However, justice does not rest in this case. Ew. And she is in fact eventually tracked down um, and arrested in March 1828. In the trial that follows, the authorities demonstrate that Gesha has poisoned 16 people over the space of 15 years using mouse butter, the German equivalent. (laughs) It doesn't sound as deadly, does it? It It doesn't sound. It's not like going, and arsenic, she used mouse butter. (laughs) <laughs> please, please try it in a dramatic German accent. Uh, uh, mouse butter. No, it's just still shit. Well, there, so, well, let's just go arsenic and animal fat. Yes, mouse butter. Mouse butter. <laughs> it still doesn't sound good. It sounds delightful. It's like something a mice would have on toast. It would be lovely. A mouse's tea party served up with arsenic. But she is sentenced to death. Death. Whereas at this time, usually, sentences were carried out pretty quickly. Yeah. But she is actually remains under lock and key for three years. Oh, okay. 
until the sentence is carried out. Um, she is held in Bremen jail for three years. While she waits to die, doctors or the the equivalent at the time question Gesha about why has she killed so many people? Mm. What was going through her head? Why did she do this? Mm. And it is believed, as we have speculated throughout this, that she is motivated by an almost pathological desire not to lose this image of a woman of substance bearing the tragedies she cannot lose that respect and admiration Mm. she has from other people um that attention she has from other people nowadays we would perhaps refer to it as a munchausen's by proxy oh god yeah the 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 suffering of others um so the suffering of her children and her parents and the attention that she gets oh my god from those tragedies so that's how we would recognize it in today's Mm. language perhaps and they thought much the same also they didn't have the same terms for it but they thought much the same thing was going on However, she did say that she regretted these murders. She actually claims to see the spirits of her dead family in her cell at night and they torment her about what she has done. (laughs) Which is fair enough, really. If I was a spirit, I would be annoyed. On the 21st of April, 1831, in the square outside Bremen Cathedral, Gesha Gottfried is led onto the scaffold in front of a crowd of thousands, all baying for her death. She is placed on the guillotine. Down it comes. Her head rolls away. It is the last public execution in the city. But her crimes become legendary throughout the city and further afield for years and years and years to come. To this day, outside the cathedral where the scaffold once stood, you can find the spitting stone. A black square set into the pavement where for almost 200 years the people of Bremen have shown their contempt (laughs) for this murderess that has blighted the city for so long. Oh my god! That is a story of Gesche Gottfried, angel (laughs) of Bremen. Not so much an angel, not Perhaps so much an evil. Fallen angel. <laughs> oh my god, good story, good story. And you can still go to Bremen now and see yeah, the, the still spitting there. stone. That, that, the spitting stone is still there outside the cathedral square where the scaffold once. Ooh, I like, I like a monument. I like a monument of death. And actually, the yes. people go there and spit on it, surprisingly, <laughs> um, to show their horror at this woman, oh. and for a woman who was whose goal in life was to be admired and respected. Mm and loved by anyone to be remembered as someone who is being spat at like a loopy velez isn't it remembered for the wrong thing she's turning in her grave at that one I'm oh the sure. irony the irony of it i love that i love the fact that yeah you're absolutely right i hadn't put that two and two together but munchausen's by proxy mm. that's what that was the murdering and the killing of people around you so you have attention and that you've got yep. basically sympathy all the time because of these sickly or dying or dead people around you oh yep. it's creepy and it all becomes about you it's not about the child yeah. who's died or the husband who's died it's all about you the survivor absolutely um, and as you said though is the childhood story which is terribly sad that if you are a twin absolutely. particularly if you're a twin and one is favored and you are just the mm. other child and you're never given that attention or that love that you so crave but that's how that's how it can manifest parents well, by the way <laughs> so yes give your love evenly to your children but then to go on in that categorical need to just kill yeah. off these people so did they 
are there any records that they suffered for a long time or was death quite quick? It, it wasn't an overnight thing. It was certainly enough that people knew that the victims were ill. Mm. I Probably to build up this reputation of she's sticking by her children, her husband or whatever. Yeah. Probably long enough that she got a reputation or people were aware yeah that there was illness and she, she was, was doing with she it. was dealing with it so yeah. stoically and then so sadly long to do yeah because she probably would have been flaunting that that's the thing i was thinking if oh, they absolutely. died quickly there wouldn't be enough yeah. time for her to garner attention exactly. no so i think it, yeah. pro- it was probably a, a stretched over maybe months certainly yeah. weeks if not months to to garner that attention and oh no i can't come to tea i've got to look after my my darling husband or my dear children can't stop and chat we weren't talking to you go away (laughs) i don't know if it's at the time where you could pass off that her children were all sickly something genetic or something quite you know ill with her first husband and then all the children would succumb to the same illness you this this is the time of cholera Mm. typhoid all those sorts of things run rife these are big industrial cities Mm. it's but you would have sickly families as well where people would see like oh they've had such death in their families and this is just going to spread disease back and forth and everything but even so i mean yeah we're we're justifying the means at the end of the the lie really we're justifying the lie that has taken place but clearly it's just her going okay fine it's who else can i kill for attention yeah who's next oh that's quite chilling that's that's a a shuddering story (laughs) as we said there's many cases that we cover for financial gain or for some other kind of much more selfish material reasons material 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 reasons reasons, that's right material reasons i don't think there's any sympathy here for her but it is obviously a sick woman it's not just a greed thing it's it's a mental health thing as well from her point of view as well she is obviously very ill herself um it's not just a purely a greed thing from her it's a it's a physical need to have that approval, which is sad, mm. but obviously does not condone the extreme lengths that she went to to get that attention. I'm fascinated by Munchausen by proxy uh, cases, and there is one that we will be covering on Patreon very soon. Quite a famous one. They're really interesting cases. The logic or the the, the crazed logic that fuels these people's actions it's just oh yeah that's and there's one of the earliest (laughs) examples of it well indeed yeah absolutely and yet again no one was questioning this i know it's the time as we said of sickly children and sickness and oh people die people die in germany people die at the fair but still but still if everyone has died if her two husbands have died and the children have died don't lean over the banister and then ask her to marry you someone did question it though uh, eventually so you say that someone did question eventually it. someone was suspicious i know but d- how many people are died 16 people are dead yeah all these other people but if around that one person hadn't yeah. said anything all the other people at the dinner party didn't say anything the other guests very true. they were they may have been had a they've taken a bit poorly nothing <laughs> nothing more of it but he was the man who said no something is wrong here exactly and thank god that he did but is it a case that those other people at the dinner party were exactly as you were t- talking about at the beginning of this episode that if someone served you a salad at dinner party <laughs> you're just gonna eat it and not complain and you would get sick and then go it's because i had that bloody salad and then there would be the one person at the dinner party that you'd be so annoyed at who were going yeah i don't want to eat this sorry there's stuff on mine and you'd be shut up shut up that's so rude you'd all be complaining about him when he went home while vomiting and shitting yourself <laughs> but he was the one that lived <laughs> he was the one that lived so next time you invite people around to your dinner party the one person complaining maybe they are out to save your lives 
<laughs> not in my damn house, Maybe. they're not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anyone complains they at my would, house? No one would dare. No, no one would dare. <laughs> oh, good story. Love it. What do you think, people? Do you know many other cases of Munchausen by proxy? We'd, we'd love to hear about them. Not in that way. Not that we'd love to hear about them, but we might cover them on Patreon or on the main episode in the future. What do you think of uh, a fruit salad? Is that a good dish to serve at a dinner party? How do you feel <laughs> if you got fruit salad as a dessert, particularly if it you know, regardless if it was covered with arsenic or not, is fruit an acceptable dessert? Discuss. It could well have been that before that there was a black forest gatto. I don't know. You um, don't know, though, Nick. You don't know. If don't it was know. written that about that there was a fruit salad in there, I think people were pretty bloody annoyed. That's it. Perhaps that was the only thing. Probably because everyone was talking about it. They were saying, well, we have a lot of evidence that a fruit salad was served at a dinner party because no one is happy. <laughs> <laughs> they were, yeah, burn the bitch. Yeah, yeah, behead her. She served, she served fruit as a dessert. So let us know what you think. And if you do, in fact, have a banana liqueur lurking in the back of your cupboard, then by all means, the recipe for the fruit salad cocktail will be up on Friday. I'll be very interested to know what you think. Do you have other recipes? I've got a whole bottle of banana liqueur sitting in the cupboard now. I need other things to do with it. Any ideas? I'm very grateful for them. Um, and I shall experiment on them with Sinead. Experiment, <laughs> experiment on, on them. Sinead. On them no, with I shall, ex- <laughs> I shall experiment with them on Sinead. That's no better in my case. <laughs> what? Well, it works for me. It works for you. Because they, be, they could be dreadful and then you can have them. Yeah, send us suggestions. Send us combinations. They don't actually have to be a normal cocktail, but things that you think will work. Work. don't just put milk in it don't no. just don't put chartreuse in it no, no. don't do that we'll Ooh, we'll no no, no no it won't this is one where no, chartreuse will, will not work but send us your combinations <laughs> we'll try and mix something up with it come and talk to us on social media as ever send us suggestions of more stories things you want us to do on patreon if you are a subscriber and if you're not already a patreon subscriber then why aren't you indeed a Tell me. Explain yourselves. And we must say, it makes a great Christmas gift. It It does. It does. You can buy a monthly subscription. You can buy an annual subscription at the moment. They'll have all of the back catalogue, get new episodes every single month. And if they don't like it, they can just cancel rather than having the shame of shuffling back to a shop with a receipt. But they're never going to do that because we're fabulous. And they're going to want to hear more. Once you hear a little taste of the poisonous cabinet, you can't stop. So guys, next episode comes out on christmas day that's mad it's to think that the next episode is actually christmas day is quite bizarre Deck the um, i hope we have something suitably festively deadly <laughs> for you on christmas day there will be a christmas day episode 100 percent. we are going to record it in advance we're not going to do it live much as we'd like to because we will be drunk <laughs> I promise you. Be drunk. Absolutely. Uh, Listen to it with your family. They will be terrified. Listen to it. Enjoy it. If you need to escape from your family or your loved ones, just put your headphones on. Enjoy our lovely Christmas Day episode. Anything in particular you want to hear from us for Christmas, send us suggestions. We've still got time. Always time. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week for Christmas Day. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.